With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that will turn up to do what it's supposed to do, even if it's a bit difficult. This week on Heart and Hand, well, you can make your own correlation with the team. Welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers Podcast. My name's David Edgar. I'm your host and I'm joined this week in a an old school panel, first of all, by uh, the returning Livingston Lothario, Mr Cameron James Bell. Good evening, David. Good evening. And making his return to the pod is a pod original, uh, a first seasoner, if you will, uh, from the wild and uh, ah, magnificent city of Bratislava, it's Fraser Martin Maguire. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, I should point out for anyone going Maguire, his name's actually Martin. It's a joke. Uh, if you were about in the first year, you'll get it. If not, you won't. Uh, <laughs> how, how's life uh, treating you over there? It's it's very good. I had uh, Comrade Smith was over late last year and we went and took in uh, a game uh, in the stadium that we that Rangers played Art Media in. And... Uh, yeah, well, it was good. I have to say, uh, I didn't expect to be speaking to you uh, so far down the line, and we're still drinking in the Banta Year Saloon. Yes. Uh, I'm quite yes. surprised by that. I was pointing it to someone that when you first started in the show, we actually won the league. Um, that's how long <laughs> this show has been going for now. Um, we, we are at the veteran stage. Right, lads, um, as I say, uh, the team might shock challenges. We don't. Let's get into it. Yesterday, Rangers at Hamden, and a truly, truly dreadful performance, even by the standards of the banter years. Rangers looked frightened, scared, um, refused to engage uh, in any... We talk about winning your battles. The Rangers players didn't even show up for theirs. Sat off the Celtic players, gave them room to play, meekly accepted their fate, and there were Cameron no positives to take from that football match. The only positive is that it's 
now been more than 24 hours since I was forced to endure it. Uh, they say time is a great healer, although I think I will probably do what Fraser has done and leave the country in order to be able to get away from it if that is going to help heal even faster. Um, I, I was thinking of a few kind of snappy phrases to try and see if I could sum up uh, what I bore witness to yesterday. And the best one I think I could probably come up with uh, not using too many expletives is just that absolute clusterfuck of capitulation. Um, horrendous. And um, I have struggled, and I mean this legitimately and I'm being totally serious now, to think of a worst old firm performance by Rangers in my lifetime and I'm still searching. I would echo that and I don't say that lightly and I'm not one of these guys, oh it was the worst ever, but yesterday kind of was because it was just a meek and abject surrender before a ball was kicked. If we're going the alliteration route, I would say it was a tsunami of shite hawkery. Um, <laughs> it was just so, so bad. And there was no... <laughs> nothing for a fan to hold on to. Because, Fraser, in a football match, you have to accept defeat. We, we learn that over the years. You have to. It's pretty early on watching football, you learn that your team will lose. And you learn that sometimes your team comes up against a better team uh, even sometimes your rivals, as much as you hate them, they're better players and they beat you. But I, I've never known a football fan, no matter his age or how long he's been watching the game, or her, that can accept when their team don't want to be there and don't even give the basics of running, tracking their man, tackling, fighting. They They simply go out there to be on the field as the other team plays football around them, and it was the proverbial uh, 11 traffic cones out there yesterday. It was a, it was shameful in a way that I agree with, with... I mean, we can go through all the adjectives in the world, but I agree with you guys. I just I can't recall feeling so bereft and so astonished that my team had had just capitulated in such a... A pathetic and vile fashion, and it, 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 you know we can analyse the performances which which we will go on to do. But I, I, what really concerns me is that it just opens up. You know we're we're, we're on the edge, staring into the abyss now because it it just means that all of the the next decisions that we're going to make uh, as a as a club have now be, have taken on such massive proportions because of the the craven surrender of that team yesterday. Cammy, this was a team that under a month ago should have beaten Celtic, had various good moments against them, worked hard, got in their faces. And the performance yesterday was, I mean, you could say it was the full 180 away from that, but it was worse. I mean, it had, it redefined the scale. It was so, so atrocious that within minutes, everyone knew, everyone knew, everyone was talking about mm. it. And, you know, Rangers fans, neutrals, everyone could see that this Rangers team were not there to compete at all and had either no belief that they could or weren't putting in the required effort. And what really kind of, I think, sets this one apart from other defeats is I, I watched quite a few... Um, current pros and ex-pros and ex-Rangers players uh, on social media and spoke to a few last night and they all said the same thing that this isn't a case of look, what ex-players always tell me is they hate the phrase, oh they're not trying 
because you see footballers always try because you know sometimes you don't play well but you always try they were saying they didn't give their all and that to me knowing a few ex-players and any of you listeners who know them will know that the cardinal sin for a footballer is they didn't give their all that's what they all hate that we saw that almost almost collectively yesterday there was one or two examples but uh, exceptions but overall that was not a team that gave everything they had that was not a team that left everything out on the park um, because we've seen they can do a bit better than that they can do a lot better than that and I think it, it, it goes back six, eight weeks ago when there's talk of a potential title challenge there's talk of you know, we can overturn them we can do things etc and the the, the no, I, I don't think anyone in their heart hearts ever sincerely believe that. But how you go from that to this, and what you had to to watch yesterday, um, it just it, it just it staggers belief. And I think the thing that's, that's really, I think the thing that's really surprising to me now, looking back on that, is how agreed we are as a fan base about how poor yesterday was. No one, to my you know, experience in terms of my network, either personally, professionally, social media-wise, etc., no one is turning around and saying, aye, but you know, so-and-so was all right, or two penalties and a red card, the referee was to blame. No one's saying any of that. We are all, to a man, saying we were gutless. Um, there was no fight. There was no energy. And I think that that's the biggest crime for me is that forgetting the title challenge and all of that shit and nearly beating Celtic at Ibrox and drawing with them at Parkhead and all of that kind of thing. The problem you had yesterday was all you had to do was put it out in the field for 120 minutes if you absolutely had to. That was it. That was your season. And I, I could almost get to that stage to watch yesterday's performance if we were in a similar fixture run as we were 10 years ago and games were taking a toll and we were back to back and, you know, there was there was some, some real fatigue setting. There was none of that yesterday. Um, we were weak physically and mentally. I think our preparation was probably weak, which, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to in terms of the tactics and formation. Mm. Uh, but that's the worst thing. That's the worst thing for me is you have zero excuses for being like that. No one is actually trying to excuse these players. Everyone, everyone is saying unacceptable. And I, again, cannot remember for the life of me the last time when I heard no uh, dissenting voices against the crowd, someone sticking up for them. And even Alex was in the pod, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Positive. And uh, angry Alex was here. And I'm so glad because Alex, if I had to ever use him as a barometer for the positive Rangers fans around us, um, is now in the same position that the rest of us were in from yesterday where it's just totally, totally unacceptable across the board. Fraser, I can accept people making mistakes, right? That's life, that's how you learn. But what really pisses me off is when people make the same mistakes. And I think I've seen that Tom Rogic goal against us like five times previously. I mean, puppies learn faster. It's and it, and this is the thing. It's, it's there's, there's a consistency here in these players, um, 
and it, it runs through him like a stick of rock. It's from McCall, it's from Warburton, it's from Kashinya. Now it's with with Murty that they are either willfully ignorant and arrogant, and I think some of them are, because they blatantly disregard instructions, yes. which are, and it's not some foreign clown like Pedro trying to uh, explain something complicated. It's. I was watching the game yesterday, and I remember Pedro standing in the touchline, screaming in general, but in particular at Josh Windass, 10 yards further forward, get in their faces, win your tackles, be aggressive. Now, that's not complicated Portuguese. That's simple stuff. And they refused to do it. And the same thing happened again. You're not telling me that Graham Murphy told them to go out onto that park and, and, and either perform like that or stand back and allow Celtic to play. So that they're either incapable of doing it or it's willful ignorance and arrogance. And and it's, it's it, there's a continuity there. And it doesn't matter if it's an old-school British manager like McCall, if it's a touchy-feely modern guy like Warburton, if it's the Mr. Hugs, uh, Graham Murty, or if it's some kind of bonkers Portuguese guy, it doesn't matter. The same characteristics are there time and time again with this bunch of players. They're weak, they're losers, they've got no desire, they've got no passion, and they will not take a talent. The word that, that got used to me by a couple of ex-pros last night, um, the same word was pride. And what they, they both said was, you need to be able to look at yourself in the mirror afterwards. And then when reports came out about dressing room fights and whatnot, I got in touch with them and said, you know, um, too little, too late kind of thing. And they said, well, yeah, that's, he says, that's embarrassing, that's worse. Because that then shows you that they feel comfortable enough, Cammy, to take on their teammates and to, you know, give a teammate a row, but they don't feel that they should be able to do it to their opposing players. And one of them actually said to me, he's like, that's worse, Davies. That, that's cheating the fans because if you're coming off and you, you have the audacity, he said, not one of those players had the right to have a go at another one of those players. Not one. He goes, I get that they're fucked off or whatever, but a, a real solid pro is walking off with a head down ashamed and then they get back into the dressing room and they all start going that wasn't acceptable but he said to be picking fights with somebody to to him suggested that that's just passing the buck I just wish they were as quick to close down a player or a cross as they are to point the finger at each other and um, the issue that you've got with this now is I hate saying it right I hate saying it but this is probably where it's one of Celtic's biggest strengths is that he's been able to put together a team that will play and fight for each other. Now, if we come back to to Brown, and we've discussed him in the pod before, right? So calling a spade a spade, we know that he's a he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. I think he's sauntered his way to a tainted medal collection, which in his heart of hearts he knows about himself. But I tell you one thing, he would absolutely go to war for any single one of his teammates. And I think you saw that clearest uh, in the tussle between him and Morelos. But what you also see when his teammates interact with him is that there's a genuine respect. There's a genuine degree of camaraderie and a, and a, a very strong relationship man-to-man there. Scott Brown's, not, Scott Brown's not a genius. He's not the best football player that's ever graced the, the, the planet. But what he has got in abundance is heart and desire 
and he will absolutely lead by example on those fronts. There are better, far, far better players he's played with in that time across those Celtic teams. But every single one of them will always resonate with him um, in a positive manner. Our players are... The, the biggest fight our players showed yesterday was probably Doherty and Morelos nearly having a square goal when they were walking off the park at full time. I totally understand you get pissed off. It's why, to a certain extent, I think Andy Halliday was ridiculous yesterday, but there's another part mm-hmm. of me that thinks, fucking hell, I'd probably be in exactly the same boat if it was me and I was seeing what was going on. But I would also be a more tenured, more controlled professional footballer to say, can't do any of this publicly, if I need to have my say, I know that the manager will create an environment for within which to do that. And as a result of that, I need to keep my mouth and my actions under the radar now. Um, we'll come on to Murray, I'm sure. But the problem you've got now is that team That team now look and act like they're so disenfranchised with the manager. He's obviously lost the dressing room. I think that's abundantly clear to everyone. Mm-hmm. That it looks like they're trying to get him the sack. And he just looks like a lower rung championship or EPL team that almost know there's really no point in busting your ass for this guy because likely he's not to be gone by the end of the weekend. So when the new manager comes in, then I'll up the effort levels again. That's exactly what they look like yesterday. Yeah, I, I'd echo that because I, I get the impression now that this mob think, whether consciously or subconsciously, and, and uh, an unkinder part of me suspects consciously, that they know that, look, we can see this guy off, wait for the next guy yep. and see if we like him uh, and then we'll turn it on. It's kind of reminiscent of Chelsea, although Chelsea have the good grace to at least win something the year before, before they decide to have David, a bit of time off. David, it's, it's, it's the, my feeling exactly was these players now know that they can get, or, or there's a, they know that they can get a manager to sack, yep. you know? And there's, there's, and if it's not just through their ignorance and arrogance and their lack of performance, just to cap it all off, we've got dressing room leaks. We've got teams getting uh, leaked to the press two days before the the announcement. We've got, you know, bus stops getting leaked to the press. The whole thing stinks. There's a, there's a, a, a thoroughly, and you when when you were both describing the players there, there's there's spoiled children. Yeah, spoiled children there. No, there are, there are. And, and, and the attitude that comes out, the toys at the pram. And Fraser, the thing that really brought it home to me is all of this, this complete spiral has come from one defeat, which was the last Old Firm game. Uh, not one they got horsed in, one they should have won, right? They blew it, but, you know, it was their own fault. So it's not a case of a defeat where they went, oh, the opposition was just so good and the, you can drop into hopelessness a bit. I can see that. Where you're like, well, we're never going to be able to beat them. They're just so good. It wasn't that. They should have been walking away going, we blew that, but the next time we'll get it right. Whereas instead, as we've seen for the for the last month, they have felt sorry for themselves. They have huffed. They have gone into a shell. And we have seen over the last month an unravelling of basic professionalism, of basic professional standards, to the point where these guys are not doing what they are paid for other than they are turning up. And that that is literally all you can say that they're doing. Because in terms of what they're employed to do as footballers, they are not doing it. Well, and that ties back into exactly to what Cammy just mentioned about, call it what you will, a hard man, somebody who carries respect, somebody who's got the medals and the war wounds, somebody who you are scared to go into that dressing room and have to answer to 
you know. Mm. Um, I, I have, I, in my mind's eye, I've got a picture of Harry Davis with Slim Jim against yes. the wall. You know, you think you can showboat, son, but you, 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 you earn the right to do that at Rangers. And that's what our club and our team and our first team's been, a, been about for as long as you or I or our fathers and grandfathers can remember. And the fact that there's not a single player in that squad, with the exception of Andy Halliday, who, well, you know where I'm going with that. The fact that there's nobody that anybody would be scared to have to walk back into an answer to because of the respect and the weight of authority that they carry, well, the, the last month shows the repercussions of that. There's a, there's a part of this for me that I think um, it, it kind of comes back to, we, we were talking in the WhatsApp group about, you know, the cabal, if you want to call it that, of probably a core nucleus of players um, and I absolutely think Kenny Miller is involved within that. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem that you've got with that and uh, Leaky Kenny is his toys are well and truly out the pram now. Um, anyone who comes into that job either has to make a decision to get rid of him or keep him at Rangers but get him as far away from the fucking first team as possible. So if you want to do badges, if you want to go and do coaching, whatever, you can do that because Marty's now ruled himself, as far as I'm concerned, going back into the youth development role. I wouldn't have him there now. Um, you know, you can do that, but you need to get away from the from the dressing room. It's almost quite similar about, you know, the Mowbray having Neil Lennon on the scene and it was becoming disruptive and then Lennon couldn't travel. That's probably happening in a less subtle way at Rangers. But I do believe that there is a core nucleus of players who have fundamentally banded together now and said, listen... There's no listen. Let's just see the season out. And the worst thing about this now is, I bet you any money you like, if you were to offer the Ibrox dressing room the option to say, "Look, boys, you two things here, right? We can either finish finish the season now, and you can finish top three, okay? You can finish second or third. That's it. Or we'll continue playing the rest of the season, and maybe you can guarantee getting second spot. I, I I do not think of a single player who would want to continue playing after this. They would just want to finish it up and then just, uh, you know, wash their hands of it, get the new man in, and, and then they'll really show what they can do because, like you say, they've checked out. This 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 has been so disappointing, and it's not actually the game at Ibrox for me. It goes back to the game at, uh, at Parkhead with the Morelos header at the end because the three phases you went through in that game was, and the run-up to it was hoping that you didn't get fucked by half-time. You were saying, do you know what? I'd take a draw. And then by full time, you're actually coming away saying, well, how the hell did we not win that? Even going back then, and I actually feel we've now regressed so badly that we're almost in a worse situation than we were two years ago. Well, I think that in terms of the players that have been there a long time, now you you have genuine questions over their mentality. And that's not to say mm. that some of them aren't good players because, you know, there are other players there that are talented players, but they've had so many scars now in old firm matches that I don't feel you can have any trust in them to then be able to go and deliver over and above their um yeah, their physical gifts or their, their footballing abilities that there comes a point where you become a loser and I think that that squad is packed with too many guys who when pulling on a Rangers shirt are losers and have that mentality whether or not they arrived with it I don't know uh, I doubt it but just they've had so many bad defeats we've now played uh, 
Rogers at Celtic ten times. And in his time in Scotland, Rangers have conceded more goals to Celtic than anyone else have. Um, we are now officially Aberdeen of the 90s. And that is not something that shifts overnight because if you continually have the same guys who have been beaten and beaten and beaten and quite clearly now, as yesterday demonstrated, expect to be beaten, then it doesn't matter. I mean, I, I would envy, or sorry, I, I would doubt any coach could go in there and change that because it's not about ability, it's not about learning to do new things. If they're going to stand in that tunnel and think we're going to get beat here, which clearly they did yesterday, then there's no fucking good to us, Fraser. And I, I, I actually an approach to semi-finals is atrocious as well. I mean, it's awful. Um, I think if I remember reading our last four semi-finals that we've been in, we haven't even scored a goal. No, that's, that's unacceptable. That's correct. That is unacceptable. And that is just... Right. It, it's, it's tough to comprehend how... And whilst I can use the managerial carousel as a little bit of an excuse for some of these players, they've had the opportunity to be able to step up and deliver into that. And not winning, OK, I get that. Not turning up, unacceptable. Not even being able to score a goal is just, I mean, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And that's what I alluded to when I was talking about it, it takes us to the edge of the abyss because, in the words of Edwin Collins, we've got to rip it up and start again, you know, and... That then leads to, well, where does the money come from? Does it go to the manager? Does it? Do we have to then, or do we invest in new players? If we invest in new players, what kind of manager can we afford to get in? Because the manager has to have certain qualities that the last managers haven't had. It just opens up a whole host of problems because the bottom line is the 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 the, 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 the core of that squad cannot be trusted. No, let's. Look at Graham Marty then, because one of the things that I want to just completely get out of the way right now is when people say things like, you criticise the players and then they say, oh, well, what, what about the manager? And then you criticise the manager and say, oh, what about the board? All three deserve blame. There's plenty of blame to go around, right? So let's not uh, let, let, let's not get into that way of thinking that, oh, no, well, it can't be them, it must be them. It's all of them, right? And mm-hmm. we've got plenty of time and we've got plenty of nerve bullets to fire at them um, Marty yesterday was I thought the the build you know the build up of things that had concerned me about him and I've gone backwards and forwards because I do think right I'll say this right now I think that as a coach he has some talent right I do and I believe he will do okay I don't think he's right for Rangers but I think he will do okay as a coach but he has a couple of things that We've spoken about on this show, so it's nothing new. We're not jumping on any bandwagon. We've said this right from the start of his tenure. He is over-emotional, quite clearly. He can't control his emotions. He's not inspiring. Um, Yesterday, again, after a defeat, he's close to tears. I find that embarrassing, and that's maybe just me being a typical Scottish male. I don't know, but it's a game of football. And okay, it's your work and it's your job, but fucking man up. And... Then the self-pity kicked in with the, oh, it's a lonely place out there to be watching the game when they're not doing what they're told. And the almost, uh, I, I thought, the, the attempt to wash his hands of it and say, well, it wasn't the tactics because, you know, they didn't put an attack for half an hour and, and shift the blame onto the players. 
So, look, I think that the arguments about whether or not he knows if he's getting the job, or I've said that he's he's known for a few weeks and he has. Um, yesterday was not a guy who expects to have to turn that squad around, and that's also why we'll come to this. But why I would remove him now because he's given up, and he, he said yesterday, the, well, you know, it wasn't me, it was them. But we saw these disturbing traits in his character, like I say, the, the fragility, the self-pity, the over-emotion, the inability to control himself properly when in an interview situation. And Fraser, what we got yesterday was a real kind of almost pathetic figure stood on the touchline who I've gone past the point actually of having sympathy for and, and actually felt the first faint, un, unwelcome but unmistakable stirrings of contempt. Absolutely, and it was Karl Marx that said history repeats itself, first as tragedy and then as farce. And if Pedro was the tragedy, then we're deep into the farce now. Of that, there's no doubt. Um, and I think the players sense it, the fans sense it. I'd like to think the board sense it, but your guess is as good as mine. And I absolutely agree. He's got to go, and he's got to go as soon as possible. Cami, uh, how can players... Oh God, I'm, 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 I'm giving them an out here, and I don't want to, but what I will say is that if we have players that we agree are weak, and they are, and we have players we agree that look for an excuse, they need someone that can offer them something different. Uh, yesterday, there was a chasm between the players and Marty, you could see it, you could sense it. They're not listening to him. He's not inspiring them. They have no fear of him, which is quite apparent. And then the bizarre comment about, I haven't gone in to talk to them because it'll just cause conflict. Um, as yeah. I say, that was everything we have worried about came to came home to roost at that point yesterday. And whether or not he's talented enough, I, and I don't know that's your own opinion, that's debate, that guy does not have the mentality to be managing our club. Well, no, McCoy... No, sorry, Fraser, on you go. Sorry, uh, I was just going to say, McCoy, on a video earlier in the week, talked to, I think, Cy Ferry about the sniff test, the smell test, yeah. when he was talking about Craig White and how footballers have the smell test when somebody just doesn't cut it. And I think it's very clear that Murphy is, is no longer passing that particular test with any of the players in that dressing room. The, the problem that you've got with Marty is that if you were to go back two months, he would 100% believe that he's capable of managing Rangers on a full-time basis. Um, he's had his eyes opened um, because he hasn't been able to control a dressing room. He isn't respected. He isn't respectable. And I'd say that with a heavy heart because um, up until very recently, I completely defended him and I said on this pod, that Graham Murty should always have an opportunity of employment at Rangers, aside from the managerial hot seat, of course. Um, however, he's, he's had that opportunity. And the thing is, when we, we, we do believe that the biggest similarity he had with his players yesterday, right, and the biggest thing he had in common with his players yesterday was the distinct lack of professional pride. So whether you're contracted or on one at Rangers shouldn't really matter You've already said yourself, David, you know, professional players should take a degree of ownership and accountability for how they perform. And if you're getting beat, you get beat, but you give everything and you take it for there. Graham Murray has known for a long time he's not getting the Rangers job permanently. However, it doesn't mean 
that he's not ever going to be employed in football again. And I think he believes that this tenure has now moved him out of the uh, sphere of youth development coaching and possibly moving him into a job full-time. Not only was he set up wrong, his mannerisms and his tactics wrong during the game, his game management wrong, but even, as you say, his post-match was... Do you know what? I would even say embarrassing. I would say it was actually mm. sad. Yeah, and that's yeah. fucking worse. Yeah, it was. Because yeah. he's it, it, just he's just beat. And the thing is, though, so I agree with you, and I've, I've said this already, I, I do believe he should go now. I think Rangers fans, to a certain extent, would respect him more in the long run if it was the case it was to turn around now and go, look, I want what's best for the club. I don't feel I can get anything out of the players. I'm not blaming them. I'm not saying that it's all my fault. But the, the mix is not working the club has to come first the fans have to come first therefore I'm going to step aside and we'll just have the run in and take it for there there is no win-win scenario for him here even if he finishes second by some miracle it'll be a, it'll be a, seen as a gimme if, if it was Jimmy Nick takes over for the last remaining games no one's going to say let's give Nickel a job permanently do you know what I mean no one will say that but I think he needs to turn around now and say, look, it's soured. Whatever credibility I had is long gone and I need to think about my future and I need to think about the future of the club. And the most important thing now is for me to remove myself from that equation. And that's it. I was talking to Alex on our Daily Show, Fraser, about this today where I said that I actually would have concerns about his health um, were he to stay in charge because if things go from bad to worse, and at the moment, based on that performance, you can't rule it out. And the fans go bongo, deservedly so. Then, if he's still there, he's a lightning rod for that. He's the guy who's going to cop it in the first instant because he's there. You know, he's the, that, that's just football culture. That's what you do. You would look at the manager and you would you would give him uh, give him the abuse. And I don't know if he can cope with that. So for me, it's not only about whether or not. He should go because he's not good enough. It's it's a case of going. You might be doing this guy a favour by saying to him, "Look, we're going to take you at the firing line." The counterpoint to that is, would the board maybe think, "Yeah, but if we do that, then they're not going to shout at Jimmy Nickel because they know he's just in there temporarily. They're going to shout at us, so we might as well just leave him in there to act as a barrier." But I think I think we've 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 moved to that state already now. I think that if you were to believe that. The, the board have no more level of self-protection as far as I'm concerned and listen, you're absolutely right this is not a straight line between Murty and the players it's a fucking triangle and the board, in my opinion are probably the most culpable out of the lot but yet you could speak to two other fans one of whom would say it's the players one of whom would say it would be Murty but there is no more self-protection let's use the manager as a shield to deflect the blame off of us any longer I think this now is the biggest wake-up call that's happened. It's almost like when you talked to Rangers fans before and you were saying, well, you know, I wouldn't want Marty full-time. This more or less came out just after the McInnes debacle. And I'm saying, well, OK, so Marty can stay, but he can stay till the end of the season. Beyond that, no. Now what you're seeing is the fact that this should have happened well before now. And this has been... Yesterday was probably the worst result, worst result the board could possibly have dreamed of. Because well, it wasn't like a fluke, it wasn't a last-minute winner. It was a trouncing. Well, well, this is this is the this is the cul-de-sac that the board have driven themselves into 
where you're going to have to have an interim manager to replace the interim manager. I mean, it's 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 pure farce. Yeah, it's a caretaker for the caretaker. Uh, correct. And the, and the point being that you're going to have to sack the caretaker. It's almost like the mercy option, you know what I mean? It's like out pure pity for the guy. you just got to get rid of him. It's it's just it's it's skin-crawlingly embarrassing. I think, and, yeah, I think the thing about that is, Fraser, you're spot on because it's kind of like, I'm sure that somewhere one of the board, one of the directors has gone, let's sack him and we'll get that guy from the youth team. And he can come in and and run it, and somebody's had to go. No, he is the guy for the youth team. Ah, oh, fuck, you know. So I think they, they probably have explored that option and and uh, realised that they're they're fail safe. Because I'm pretty sure that that in the directors um, the directors room at Ibrox there is a case that says breaking case of managerial emergency, and it was Graham Murray who was in it, and uh, yeah. they just haven't they haven't realised that they've already used that gambit twice. Is the is the Fucking emergency pilot from airplane, isn't he? Yes, he's auto. <laughs> 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 he looks a bit like he's already not right. Uh, anyway, Fraser. Yeah, well, and this is it. So I mean, you know, and the, the board have already proven by their actions over the last six months that they're not really good at uh, options. You know, that they genuinely give the impression that they just don't have a clue. Um, who they need, when they want them by, and what qualities he needs. So it's literally, it's, it's almost like sticking your head out onto the Colton Road and saying, are there any fan, Rangers fans out there that have maybe got a bit of junior experience, fans are coming in and giving these guys a kick up the arse, mm. you know? But there's, a, there's a brilliant scene, since we're speaking of Catholicism, and uh, <laughs> Father Ted, when they're talking about um, upgrading a relic, and, and it's a stone on the island, and... Uh, Father Ted is talking about, oh, I'm sure a lot of thought process <laughs> went into it, and someone's just at a computer and just taps a button that goes, the Holy Stone of Clonricker? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that is, in a nutshell, Rangers managerial search. Yeah, I, I did see, actually, on, on social media, somebody said, I have no doubt at all the, the board have been looking for a manager these past six months. Okay, where the fuck is he? <laughs> because yeah. they, they have been looking for a manager... I can't remember a time when this board haven't been looking for a manager, and you would and think by now they had a list that was you know, larger than Andre the Giant's cock at this point, and yet, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and here we are, and you know we hear a lot of whispers. My guess is that there was all this speculation, and we're wondering what about that. It wouldn't surprise me if we are nowhere near having someone and at the board right now the plan is get to the end of the season and then it'll all calm down and we can start looking with no pressure and I keep going back to this would they put up with this in their own businesses and the answer of course is no well when when you're making Martin Bain look like Jeff Bezos then you know there's a serious issue <laughs> your problem is I was, I was, I was talking to talking to a friend of mine and work I'll give a big shout out to Craig he's a big podcast listener with us and I was saying to him the culpability here right for me more than anything else is if I went up to Stuart Robertson right now posing as Dave King or Park for that example if I really wanted to do that said could you do my favour could you just show me the now your managerial shortlist you would have that um or um I think it's a mother jacket yeah 
it would be like mm-hmm. do you know what it'd be like David it'd be like when you used to drink it'd be like watch you pretend to buy a round oh um, <laughs> yeah no oh, I fucking forgot my wallet the dog ate it and then the cat ate the dog that's what would happen if Stuart Robertson was, was put on the spot to produce a managerial shortlist I don't believe it exists um, I, I think that that within itself shows why well, I don't believe Stuart Robertson should be in that job any longer um, if King wants to continue to be an absentee landlord um, and perhaps this has been part of the park manoeuvre um, he needs to put in a bit of infrastructure and I've said that before in this podcast um, well, I think go on Fraser sorry on you go Sorry, but I, th- I think we almost we did cover this in the pod last week, and you won't hear this expression too often in this particular edition. But to be fair to Stuart Robertson, is it his responsibility to have a manager's list? No, that's is it not the responsibility that, of the director of football? No, and the fact that, and the fact that we don't know that as supporters uh, is is an, another example of the opacity of the the football side operations at Ibrox. We don't know if Dave King's running the show. We don't know if Doogie Park's running the show. We don't know if his boy's running the show. We don't know if it's Robertson. We don't know if it's the director of football. Your guess is as good as mine. Well, but the director of football, the director of football, has to liaise with the chief exec to say, "Look, this is the situation. This is where we're at." No, Cammy. 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 Sorry to interrupt, but there's a couple of fallacies there that I want to point out. Firstly, um, it wasn't that I never bought drinks. It was, I never bought drinks for you because you were lucky to have me hanging out with you. And the price of that was buying me drinks. Secondly, uh, Fraser spot on, Robertson's not involved in this. Mark Allen will be, in fact, Mark Allen told us, Mark Allen has come out and publicly said, I gave them a list two days after Kashinia left. And it doesn't go to Robertson, it goes to the board. Robertson is a CEO in name only. It is not his job to get involved in stuff like this. He doesn't have the autonomy. He doesn't have the decision-making responsibility. The guy is a, a finance guy. That's his background. That's what he's involved in at Rangers. He's not given the full scope of the title CEO. And the problem that you do have at Rangers is you've got all these little fiefdoms where everyone has got an opinion and a bit of influence and they've put in some money. So you don't have any single voice with the exception of probably at the tail end end of it King when he decides to which as we can see is, is very rarely uh, he's a guy who, who likes to take time to consider it but the, this has been going David, on listen, since October I, I, would, I would talk about uh, listen if you want to have a conversation with me about why Stuart Robertson is uh, basically an FD with a wrong title I'll totally agree with you but the problem you've got with that scenario is that he has been given a title, he has been given responsibility. I'm and comfortable for I'm I'm comfortable for the board to talk about this all the live long day. That's fantastic. But either Robertson or Park have to take control of a director of football's list and either say why it's not happening and what the reasons are and there has to be more transparency in that because they stood up at an AGM last year and said like a fucking Crime Watch special. We are looking for a guy uh, from Scotland with dark hair, stocky <laughs> belt. Do you know I mean like they basically named like you know they, they basically thought they could name their candidate and then they thought they could pull McInnes out of the bag and completely fucked up. Now that I'm not necessarily laid at the board because McInnes shot himself. But the point still stands. Even if you're talking about it at a board level, Robertson should be pushing on this because ultimately he is responsible for it. Fraser's right. He's getting paid a wage. 
If he doesn't want to do it, tell him, okay, listen, I, I don't want to be responsible for this because you're not going to be here, Mr. King. So in order for me to have the the overarching control that you need me to have in your absence, this is what I need to do. He's not strong enough to be able to do that. It's so not, if he's not strong not enough, we need to get someone either. who is. It's not, no, it's not what he was hired for. Um, in his job spec, it won't come into that. So you can't really accept the job and then turn around and say, I, I won't be able to do this. This is a failure of management. This is a failure of hierarchy. This is a failure of structure. And that Rangers do not have a workable one in place. Decisions take too long. We've said it time after time on here. But you know, let, let's just drill it all down to, to the situation. Rangers have sacked a manager in October. We are now coming into mid-April and Rangers desperately require a new manager. Whether or not this manager has agreed to join you know, in the summer or whatever, Rangers should be in a position to be able to announce this. It frightens me, Fraser, that there doesn't appear to be any signs that they are. And the longer it drags on, the more damaging the situation becomes, the more expensive the potential rebuild becomes, and the more the fans become... You know, they become more split. The people who are looking for a project manager, the people that are looking for a big name manager, the people that are looking for a Scottish manager, the people that are looking for a winning manager, and all of a sudden, the the, the fan the fans take a take a position. And if they're not satisfied with the announcement, then there's more trouble in the ranks. There's more anger at Ibrox. There's more negativity towards the board. It's a it's a vicious circle, and it needs to be addressed. The problem is that the board have created for themselves is exactly that, that the expectations. They have somehow never grasped, and no one appears ever to have told them, that uh, football fans are second only to nature in a boring a vacuum, and they mm. won't allow it to form, and basically they will fill it with anything at all. And that waiting nine months to, or seven months at this point, to announce a manager is only going to lead to seven months of fevered speculation, which is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, to the point when, as you say, you can't control the narrative. And look, trust me, it's it's long fucked off. The narrative is away up and over the hill a long time ago. Um, well, they, they can't control it. Expectations go, go up, go through the roof, change. And now they're in a position that unless they bring out someone who is basically the second coming, then a lot of fans are going to be disappointed, but this is their own fault. They have had situations that they were in control of that they have somehow contrived to continually throw away the advantage of and continually fail to get in front of, to the point where fans who want to back them, that's the really frustrating thing. We all want to like this board. We all see the good the good things they've done, but fans now have been taken beyond the end of their tether, which were extended because we did have faith in them, and they are now in serious danger of becoming massively unpopular, and it's their own fucking fault. Correct, because they, they seed the initiative all the time on all of the little issues that make, that make that, that turn fans on and off, whether it's PR, whether it's the, the, the vermin in the Broomlone Road, whether it's Jim Trainer still been at the club, whether it's just all the minutiae, all the details that could be taken care of that we talk about week after week in this podcast. And and you talked about a tsunami of shitstorm. It all builds up and builds up and builds up until it's released. And it's going to get released over the summer unless they get the fucking finger out. I think I think your issue with that, though, if you, if, even if you look at the season ticket renewals, 
there wasn't a major backlash to say, well, I'm not renewing my ticket until I find out who the new manager is. I'm not doing this until I know we're through the, the semi-finals of the Cup. The problem the problem you have now is you've got a fan base who are probably... It could probably best be described as extremely generous in their giving of goodwill. And they want the board to succeed. They want this kind of thing to happen. So... The, the, the frustrating thing with that and listen Fraser's totally right is that when you lose all the little battles it's like as if somebody's saying well we've actually got a nuclear option that we'll produce which means that yeah we'll you know we can concede the high ground but we'll win the, the war overall it doesn't work like that now and where there's where there is nothing other than absolute negligence is that you're not talking about stupid people you're not talking about guys who yes very much and amateurs in terms of running a football club from a business perspective, seasoned professionals. And now what you're talking about is the most glaring part of running a football club is exposed front and centre and that is the footballing aspect of it. I think that fans want to be, and they will get, they will renew season tickets, they will buy shirts, they'll do all of that stuff. But what you need to do now is you need to be able to come in with someone who as we said before, command respect and I think the board can turn this around very quickly if they're willing to put some money towards that problem the like of which we're fucking wasted on players and journeymen up to this point, put that towards a manager and actually this is our guy, this is going to be the guy who will control things from top to bottom, he'll work alongside the director of football he will take care of it and the players will respect him and if they don't respect him, they can leave the club very, very, very quickly and it's that simple. And it, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know who that person is. I'm not putting names on the on the on the table. But then, I'm not paid to to find the next manager of Rangers. But if I was, I would be taking it far more seriously than this board appeal to. Fraser, I'm a wee bit staggered about a board who, for years, worked with fans groups and came to power on the back of popular fan sentiment, who appear to be growing increasingly tone deaf, and it's as if supporters' concerns don't permeate their bubble. Now, you, you spoke earlier about James Trainer, who's a newspaper guy who doesn't understand or appear to understand the importance of things like social media. And they are, I think, going out and trying to fight, fight a trench war in an era of aeroplanes. And they are continually being found to not have a fucking clue a, what the supporters care about, or B, what the supporters are talking about, and that's even worse. And because of that, they blunder from situation to situation, I think almost unknowingly. Well, and it's so... Dis- you're right, and it's so disappointing because we're not asking for the earth. We're asking for small things that can be achieved with little expense and that are easy wins. Mark Mark Dingwell talks about this often. It's it's a war of attrition in Glasgow, and you've got to take the easy wins when they arrive. And it's bemusing to me. It's bemusing to me that, that we have this this board who, as you say, you know, there are people there who know how the fans feel, who travel on the buses, who go to European games, women in Europe, and who know the feeling. And yet, it seems. And I mean, you remember McClellan said to me at the AGM yeah. all those years ago, I well, we don't want you lot in because as soon as you get a blazer on, you, you'll turn into, you know, you, you'll ruin the place. 
And yet the irony, of course, is that when, when it is the businessmen and it is the responsible people, when it is the captains of industry, when it is the accountants, they get in there, they get the blazer and the tie on, and all of a sudden it's like having Murray and Bain back in again. Yeah, that's that's really the frustrating thing. And, but then I, one of the things I've always said to King Green is that people have to remember he does come from that, although, you know, him and Murray had personal enmity that continues to this day, that they did come from the same uh, thought, the school of thought, which was, like, the fans' job is to shut up and give us the money, and we do everything, and, you know, that, uh, that I think, has become an apparent over over the last season or so. Cammy, we've got five more games this season. Um, we've, we've all said we won't let Marty, we wouldn't personally let Marty uh, take them. Does that mean, you know, what, is it a Jimmy Nickel? Is it a... Uh, Jonathan Johansson is that a Lord help us Kenny Miller I mean what what's the next call uh, at this stage I'd let Strider take the fucking team um, I, listen David I, I, I just I, I come back to that point Marty's finished um, he is going to do nothing to be able to further project uh, his employment status by being able to finish second um, I think he needs to be able to try and do the honourable thing and say, you know, I'm doing this for the good of the club, I'm doing this for me. Um, Murray has basically shown... Murray's like that guy who you talk to to tell him that he's not got the job. You know, you say, look, you know, I regret to tell you, blah, blah, blah. And you see that kind of wee change and that kind of wee glimmer of hope go out of their eyes and go, oh, aye, OK, fair enough. It's a bit of pill to swallow, but I'll take it. You've just seen that over Graham Murray now for probably the last three months. Where it, it's just been so up and down in terms of a roller coaster for him, he needs to he needs to cut it clean, slice himself away from the club, and it'll be right. Okay, no harm, no foul. Away you go. It'll be nickel if it's anyone because he, he's pretty much the most senior figure within the the, the coaching staff. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if I'm being perfectly honest that nickel was able to get a reaction out of them for the last five games. Um, I don't even know if there's. I don't even know what there is left to play for now. There's obviously Europe and the various connotations that comes with that. Um, what I would say to the players who played yesterday is they don't fucking deserve to play in a European stage. Um, but having said that, um, we do have the home record. I suppose that we are desperately trying to not set. Um, which will probably fucking end up with Stevie Naismith scoring a ninety-first minute winner on Sunday. <laughs> But he, he, he should go, um, he either should walk or he should be told to go. I don't think the board are strong enough to tell him to go. Um, so if it has to be Nickel, do it. But f- to be honest with you, I don't see Murray voluntarily leaving. I don't see the board sacking him. So he's here until the end of the season, come hell or high water. Fraser, uh, not, a, not a, a very positive picture painted by, by Cammy. Can you offer us something in the last couple of minutes? Well, I'm just trying to rattle my brains as to the senior members of the coaching team that are at the club. John Brown's on the payroll as a as a as a as a scout. Billy Kirkwood, um, you know, KT. <laughs> um, if KT wants to do it, I'd be willing to go in as an assistant. I know fuck all about football, but that hasn't stopped some of the previous managers. Well, the current one. <laughs> <laughs> You're a harsh, harsh. But but um, but yeah uh, yeah. The, the only thing I would say for you is you know do these guys on their current job? Would they maybe go? Oh fuck off! I'm not touching that shit. Show. 
Well, Billy, Billy Kirkwood's been at the club for a long, long, long time. I think him and Jimmy Nett could take over for five games. Yeah, I don't think that would be the worst shout. Okie doke then, folks. Uh, not the most upbeat of pods, but uh, what could we do? At least, as I say, we all turned up for work this week and tried. Um, you, you will be the arbiters of, of how successful we were, of course. If you like what you hear here, then there's plenty more available from Heart and Hand. We're available on our Patreon site every day, three shows a day. And you'll find us at patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com, forward slash heart and hand, one ninety nine per month. It works out at three pence per hour of top quality content. I'm giving it away. Uh, so please go and have a listen to that. If you just like the free shows, that's absolutely fine. And um, we'll be back here on Thursday night with the preview of the, the Hearts game at the weekend. Just time to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Miles, and to thank my two guests tonight, the wonderful Mr. Cameron and James Bell. Boys, it's been a pleasure. And just remember, tomorrow you'll wake up as a Rangers fan. You'll be solid for the rest of your life. Absolutely. You nearly said wake up a pro- uh, and then stop there. So uh, congratulations. I was for being more. All inclusive. I was more thrown by your. Uh, remember when I I bought drinks comment? I've not really connected <laughs> over that. I even know what the two of you've been talking about for the last twenty minutes. Yeah, well, see, I, 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 I bought Fraser drinks. You've never bought you any. Um, <laughs> Fraser's smarter and better looking than I'll ever be. Well, you know, I, well, no, I think it was just basically buy Fraser a drink. Light match, light blue touch paper, and enjoy. Yeah, it was always fun. It was entertaining. Um, fuck knows where we would end up, but you know, it was it was it was fuck, ah, younger days. You know, remember that we went out on Thursday and got home on Sunday. Uh, and uh, it's been way too long. We won't leave it as long the last uh, the next time. Good to hear him back on the the pod, Mister Fraser Martin. Thank you very much indeed. De no surrender. We shall return. Thank you very much for listening, folks, and we will be back to talk to you on Thursday. Until then, take care. Cheers. Bye. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.